Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Catfish Corner. I'm Paul Scarbina, the Predators beat writer for the Tennessean, joined by columnist Gentry. Yes, it's been a minute since we've uh, done, done a show, Gentry. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, I guess we've plenty to, uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, yeah, we, um, Paul, you were, you were out a couple of months at the end of last season. I don't know if we want to get into that. Well, uh, yeah, I had a health issue, was out a couple of months and then summer came and, um, COVID, COVID messed everything up, but we're, we're back and, uh, we're happy to be back. We're going to, not look too not look not look get to look back too much, but we'll we'll touch on some things you know that happened over the summer. Uh, but you know, a new season has begun. Uh, with that comes new hope, and it's a lot different looking team this season. Not a lot of new faces, but a lot of familiar faces gone. Of course, Ryan Ellis traded, Victor Arvidsson traded. We saw him last night. Um, nice little video tribute to him at, at Bridgestone. Uh, Pecorine obviously retired, you know, so there's some new faces around some, some familiar guys who, who had been around and kind of been, you know, faces of the franchise, uh, are gone now. So, um, you know, we're three games into the season, Gentry. We're not going to sit here and, and, and break down everything that's wrong or everything that's right. Cause it's just too soon to do that. But, but I think what, you know, what we can do is we, we can talk just a little bit about how, you know, it's, it's a little bit different of a field. It's weird, you know, not having Pekka around. Uh, it's it's strange to see you know not seeing Ryan Ellis out there and not seeing Victor Arvidsson out there and and um, so it's a little bit of of an adjustment but you know David Poyle said over the summer and after last season that you know he wanted to go younger and they're certainly trying to do that now um, the results we don't know yet they won their first game of the season last night uh, they're in a really really tough division with you know with, with Colorado and St Louis and you know, Minnesota and some of these other teams, um, you know, I, I really, you know, predicted before the season, I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to have, they're going to have to really, really um, play over their heads. I think to keep that streak going, uh, keep that playoff streak going, but you know, er, early returns so far, just general observations is, you know, this team is going to be competitive, but it's going to have a hard, they're going to have a hard time scoring, uh, which is not, unusual it's pretty common um you know so it, it seems like you know different faces but kind of a lot of the same results so far yeah i mean wait you could tell the three games in but yeah it's it's i i think this is just another step in the progression of how much are the predators going to buy into what john hines wants to do uh which is the you know hard-nosed physical approach play defensive hockey win games two to one with uc soros having a good game that's exactly what we saw tuesday night uh, against the la kings is that something that's sustainable for the course of an entire season to send a team into the playoffs i'd say no except they did it last year so now i guess the question is can you do it without victor arvidsson and ryan ellis yeah i think you know look th- th- this team's always historically had problems scoring um you know that that's not new and they've, and they've almost always played well defensively and you're right it's hard to it's hard to count them out after what they did last year when i mean they had a one percent chance of making the playoffs at the beginning of march and and or less than one percent and they made it a lot of that had to do with uc saros um the, you know the big question this year is can uc saros do it for a whole season um and they're going to need him to gentry i mean this team's not filled with you know Look, we've talked about Ryan Johansson, we've talked about Matt Duchesne, we've talked about these guys, you know, 
if if they don't if they if those guys can play up to their contracts, then the Predators can be competitive. If they don't, then it's going to be tough for them to ride UC Saros all the way to the playoffs for an entire season. I just I just don't see, you know. And of course, look, Victor was was hurt a lot. You know, injuries kind of you know really hurt hurt his career here toward the end. Um, even Ryan Ellis, you know, injuries too, you know, kind of contributed to, to, you know, his decline, but he really bounced back after having, you know, a, kind of a down year, but look, those guys are gone and it doesn't really matter. I mean, what matters is, is the now and they, they have, you know, I'm looking at their lineup now and I, I, I see a lot more, I see depth, but I just, I just don't see that. Who are, who are other teams going to be afraid of? You know, on, on that team to, to to I mean, Philip Forsberg again. It's the same old story. That that's why I just you have to kind of let the story play out to see. But I certainly agree with you. You know, um, John John Hines is definitely trying to instill a culture. It's his first full season now with a full training camp. Um, so I, you know, it's it's prove it time uh, after starts stops and fits and, and everything else with 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 interruptions and COVID and guys being traded and guys getting hurt and guys retiring. Um, but, you know, the, the decision was made, you know, long before Pekka retired that Pekka wasn't the starter anymore. And John Hines made that decision. He came in here and, and, and made a tough decision and and sometimes not a popular decision. But he's he, he's shown he's not afraid to do that, which I, I think could be a healthy thing, especially for a team f- full of younger guys. The Predators went from being one of the oldest teams in the league to, you know, one of the top five youngest teams in the league, you know, basically over the summer. Um, you know, David Poyle used the term competitive rebuild that regrettably uh, and, and when you got to redo it, that said he, a competitive, you know, label it a competitive transition. Uh, and, and I look, I think they can be competitive. I, I don't think they're just, they're going to get blown out of too many games because they play smart defensively. I just don't know that they're going to be able to score enough. And, you know, like I said, you can't just depend on UC Saros. Um, but, you know that's neither here nor there right now. It's it's you have to let it kind of play out. I, I tell you one one guy I, I did like and was impressed by a lot at the end of last season and the beginning of this season is Tanner Janot. Um, he, he's he's physical. He's offensively capable. He does all the things uh, you know that that don't get a lot of love, don't get a lot of recognition. You know he, he he's he's does the dirty work as they say, and you know to, to find guys like that. Um, is, is big because the Predators have kind of lacked that in the past where, you know, they, they, they kind of got bullied around a little bit and, and didn't stand up for themselves and, you know, kind of got run over sometimes physically by other teams. And Tanner Janot, I'll tell you what, on, uh, on Tuesday night, he just steamrolled Drew Doty <laughs> at center ice, perfectly legal hit, you know, and, it was just, it was just one of those things where you just haven't seen that from the Predators a lot, and I think you'll see a lot more of that because these, look, these are guys who, you know, the Philip Tomasinos and the Tanner Janos and, and 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 those guys are 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 fighting to prove that they belong in the NHL, right? You don't have guys, you know, like the Victor Arvidsons or the Ryan Ellis's who have proven they belong in the NHL. You know, it's a it's a different kind of hunger, and I think that I think that really feeds a lot into what John Hines is trying to 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 create here. Yeah, I think um, you know you mentioned the uh, the competitive rebuild where you know I, I feel bad for for Poyle on this as he keeps kind of 
he, he, he keeps he, eating those words, but <laughs> he, he tries so hard to not give in from to the idea of a full scale rebuild. Like he, he just to, to him, that's like waving a white flag and saying we are not any good. We need to scrap it all and start over. And he's not there yet. But th- as you noted, he, he can't the gentry. He can't be there. And that, that's the uh, reality. He that's where I was. Be- that's where I was going with that. Yeah. He, he, you can't get rid of Johansson's contract. You can't get rid of Duchesne's contract. There's a lot of years left on him. There's a lot of money left on him. So what he he went out and did, you know, he went out and, and used the options that he had, and that's probably the next, the smartest options was, you know, is to, you know, you get rid of Ryan Ellis's contract, which hasn't aged well. And you get rid of Victor Arvidsson's contract, which you know hasn't aged well. And and not not that Arvidsson's was that much, but I mean, look. You know that's that's what he could do. You know to to and he's trying to distance himself and distance this team from the mentality of the 2017 season. And I think that's a smart thing to do. And he look, you can you know he's he's a general manager. You can criticize his moves, and and, and that's fair game. But I will give him credit for, you know, he, he's doing what he can do. Now he did put himself in the situation by signing those guys. But who knew? I mean, you can't predict that far into the future that. Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne are going to completely fall off a cliff, you know, comparative to what they're being paid. Um, you know, you just all you can do is hope that they get back to close to that. So that right, can- right, right. And and you well, you say earlier, kind of going back to that with Duchesne and Johansson, how often are we going to hear this over and over and keep believing that they can? that they're capable of doing it. Um, I will say the first three games of the season, not to, to just get overly negative on this, but I think it's been encouraging to see the two of them on the same line. Um, with uh, Duchesne has seemed receptive to move out to the right and set a center. And I think Johansson had a nice goal in the second game. Uh, Duchesne had the game time goal on Tuesday night against the Kings. So there there's been, it's very, very early obviously, but there's been some production at this point. And I think they're, they're, it is. It, it. I think it'll probably work out better to have the two of them on that line with Forsberg. Now, I don't know. Well, they did at the end of last season. They did at the end of last season too, when Arvidsson was hurt, and and you know they showed some signs of being, you know, some signs of life. Quite, you know, the question is, can they continue to do that? And and they're going to have to do it on a consistent basis. Look, when you're when you're making you know top line money, you have to perform like top line players. Night in and night out, pretty much. You know, you can't just, you know, be good for short periods of time and then just disappear. And you know, I think I think that's kind of plagued them in the past. And you know, I, I really like, you know, the the herd line. I, I you know, Yakov Trent is another guy I really like. He, he's he's really him and him and Tanner Janot are really what, what you know in, in in hockey circles, coaches and players like to call identity players, where they you know they 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 play. They are the identity. That's what the identity, you know, the Predators don't want to be a team that you could just walk all over and run all over and push around. And, you know, and and now, you know, there's some fight in these guys, you know, not just I'm not just talking about dropping the gloves fight, but, you know, just physical play, you know, finishing checks and enforcing and, and off, you know, you know, forcing offensive players to be, you know, at least not be maybe not be afraid, but at least be aware that, you know, hey, this guy's coming at me. I better do something. You know, and instead of just not worrying about it, but um, you know, the central—I mean, four teams—I'm guessing are going to make the playoffs. Could be five in that division. Um, I just don't see the Predators as one of them, and I, and that, that's just you know, 
that's just from what I've seen so far. I know last year was last year, but I, you know, and I was that was impressive. I mean, no, nobody <laughs> thought that was coming, but um, you know, look, they signed Matias Ekholm um, to an extension. They have not signed Forsberg to an extension. I know you've we, we've talked about this. You've addressed this. Um, what they do with Forsberg is going to go a long way toward or what Forsberg might decide to do with them is going to go a long way toward telling us what a competitive transition or competitive rebuild really is. Because if Forsberg doesn't want to stick stick around, and he could probably go somewhere else and get more money, um, they better ride him all the way to the postseason if they don't get anything in return for him. Or if they're out of contention, I see them, you know, they'll, they'll be able to at least get some draft picks for him. Um, you hate to lose him for nothing. But, uh, you know, Matias Ekholm made it clear from the beginning that he wanted to stay here and, and made no secret about it. Uh, Philip has been more, uh, you know, giving you the company line of, you know, I'm just focused on this season and playing the best I can play, and that's out of my control. Uh, when I asked Matias about the contract extension before he had signed it, he said, I would have signed it yesterday. So, I mean, I guess no surprises when, it, you know, when it comes to that, um, all that kind of stuff. My computer's going kind of wacky here um but so i just really not a lot of surprises just you know we're just gonna have to wait and see how you know who's going to emerge from the younger players um and who's going to step up among the veterans i mean roman's going to probably have a roman year you know matias is going to be have a matias year i mean you you, those guys are pretty steady you always know what to expect the question is uh you know signing uc you know to to an extension he he proved he could be a number one goalie now he has to prove that he, you know, can remain a number one goalie. Um, you know, that that's... Well, and it, good enough to carry the team. I mean, that's and, really what we're talking about with UC. I, I think it's going to... And the thing is, again, you would say probably not, but he did it last year down the stretch. There's no question. Well, I think a lot of that has to... I mean, I think he is good enough. I think the question is, um, can can they put the right players in front of him defensively to help him? Because no goalie does it on their own. I mean, he can't. He stood on his head for two months, last two months of last season. Um, but you can't you can't put it all on them. Um, speaking of which, we happen Gentry and I uh, were Gentry and I were at some uh, watching some hockey players at a football field today. Um, getting little, uh, getting sunburned doing it. Yeah, a little, little bit of a preview for the, the Stadium Series game that's going to happen at Nissan February 26th against the Lightning. Gary Bettman was there, Victor Hedman was there, Roman Yossi, Matias Ekholm, all the, you know, all the, all the brass. Uh, they had a little uh, outline of what the, where the rink's likely going to be in the middle of the field. Um, you and I were at the Winter Classic in Dallas, which is a pretty, pretty neat thing to see. Um, I think it'll be cool to have outdoor hockey in, in Nashville. I know they've been wanting uh, wanting to get a winter classic here. I don't think that quite could work out with the way football season is uh, with you know with the Titans schedule. But <clears throat> of course, um, I think it, I think it'll be a cool thing, uh, something to look forward to. You know, during the with, with obviously, I think that's right after the the Olympic break because uh, February you're not going to see much much hockey, not much NHL hockey. Because they're uh, for the first time in a while, the NHL players are going back to the Olympics. I think the Predators have five or six or seven guys who could be. John Hines is uh, going to be coaching the uh, assistant on the U.S. team. Um, so it'll so it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be pretty cool to to experience all that. I'm looking forward to the to the lead up to it. Just kind of seeing how they 
how they uh, get it all prepared and get ready. Yeah, I think it'll be neat. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, t- today was a, uh, you know, you referenced the, the press conference. They, they brought in, uh, so you had Gary Bettman. Uh, you had uh, all uh, pretty much anyone for the Preds, uh, Sean Henry, David Boyle, um, Yossi and Ekholm, like I said. But you also had two Lightning players who made the trip to Nashville just for what, like a thirty-minute press conference. Yeah, yeah. Sure, well, they were sure they were thrilled about that. Well, Sean, Sean you know, Sean Henry, the, Pre- the Predators CEO, he of course worked for the Lightning, uh, and the, and Bill Wickett, the, you know, a new person they just hired in Nashville, came from Tampa. So there's ties between these franchises, and I think that, you know, there there there's a lot that has a lot to do with, you know, why these two teams are playing in Tampa. You know, two-time defending Stanley Cup champs have never played in an outdoor game, which is you know crazy Hard to believe. To me. Hard to believe, yeah. So you know, I I think that you know they they kind of worked together and and uh, made that happen. But you know, we'll you'll get to see some you know you get to see some good hockey. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward. I just it's just it's not even the game so much, right? It's just the spectacle of it all. Uh, you know, when we were when we were down in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl, you know, it was just. You just don't. It's just I've been to outdoor games before, but it's, every time you go to one, it's like I don't know. It's like I don't. It, it I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like you put you take a basketball when you take a basketball court and put it in the middle of a of a, a football field. It's just a different feel. It's 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 it feels special. It feels bigger. It feel you know. It just feels like a big deal. And in the middle of a long season, you know that that could be refreshing. Now, I I haven't tickets. I think go on sale tomorrow for this game to the general public, and I. From what I'm understanding, they're not real cheap. Um, I, I don't know how much. I, I, don't I have. Really... Uh, I've heard the same. I've heard three three figures. Yeah, I I, I don't ever watch that because I hardly ever buy tickets. But um, it's it's going to cost you if you want to go. I'm guessing. But it, you know, it'll be one of those. I'm sure Nashville knows how to throw a party, so it'll it'll probably there'll be people. Yeah, they're they're not going to have to convince people to to buy tickets to this. I think it'll. It'll be well attended. I think they know that too. I think people in Nashville get excited about this, and I mean it's good. You know, I I don't know why we heard about it today from a promotional standpoint when the game's in February, but we did. So here we are talking about it. Well, of course, yeah, we've known about it for for a while, but you know, they're just they did their 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 TV stuff and their promotional stuff today, and we'll we'll have a lot more coverage on it. You know, leading up to the game. Um, I just hope at that point in the season. That the tight uh, that I say tight that that the predators are still playing for something. Um, you would hate a scenario where they have this big event, and they're bringing in like a legit contender, one of the very best teams in the league, to play to just beat up on a weak predators team that's like out of contention in late February. I I just hope that isn't the kind of game it ends up being. I I don't I don't know. I I think the you said earlier in the podcast that I think we know that the Predators, they're, they're going to fight. You know, I think they are a little outgunned this year. Uh, obviously, the predictions are what they are. I, I don't think I saw a prediction before the season started that had the Predators higher than seventh in their division. And yeah. I, I get it. And I, I, I don't know what we're going to see, but there are a lot of people who follow this league who think that team is not going to amount to much. Well, they I mean, with the exception of the last couple of months of last season, they've kind of earned that over the last, you know, three or four years because they they haven't really gotten better. Um, 
you know, that's why Poyle made all those moves. But you know what, Gentry? I think you know there's another game Thursday night. They're playing against Saturday and Sunday. This, this, you know, the see the season. Well, it's a full season for right now. Hopefully, it stays that way. It is a condensed schedule because of that three week Olympic break. So there, it, it's it's a lot like last season. There's tons of back to backs. There's going to be a lot of a lot of games. You're going to find out a lot pretty quickly about about you know what you're looking at because you know it's not. I mean, there's three four games a week. Um, and it's uh, going to be fast-paced, so we'll know pretty quickly how uh, you know how how things might shape up. But uh, that'll do it for this edition of Catfish Corner. Hope you subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And if you haven't, why not? Remember, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Player, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. I get mine on an app called Podcasts. Um, drop us a review or rating while you're at it. Uh, Gentry will do it again next week. How about that? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, um, you know, we get we get back into it. It's a new season. It's exciting, and um, you know, we'll uh, we'll try to uh, try to give uh, people some some entertainment over the course of the season. Let's see if the Preds do the same. Yeah. Well, for Gentry, I'm Paul. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>